It's the Super 90s Brothers! Pop quiz, hotshot. There's a bomb on a bus. Once the bus goes 50 miles an hour, the bomb is armed. If it drops below 50, it blows up. What do you do? What do you do? Thank you, Billy Idol, and welcome to the Super 90s Brothers, Ow! where we do hazy memory riffs on the most rubber-burning decade ever. I'm your host, Brennan Pointer. Along with me is my co-host, Adam J. Pitzler, and today we're talking about speed. Ow! Not the drug. Not the drug. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about that another, maybe at the end of the show. Um, talk about a tunes for the time. Man. We've been doing this podcast for five years, Adam, and I'm actually a little bit shocked that we have not done this movie yet. I'm not. I don't. I mean, I I know you really like this movie, but I have been putting this bitch off. (laughs) Well, as I say every week, I'm very excited to do this one. This movie, you know, it's going to become disingenuous. It's not actually. I've been. It's not this week, but the listeners don't know that. I was going through all of our our list of thing movies we've done recently, and I was just like, man, I love that one. I love that one, and I do. Yeah, it's because those are the only ones you can do, or the ones you love. But I. But it's a lot. It's a. It's a lot of movies. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I. I think we have uh, maybe some differences of opinion on on it. No, us? I mean, uh, who, you know, th- that doesn't sound like us at all. Um, we, I mean, we haven't been arguing much lately. We've been kind of agreeing on things. So I, I, don't, yeah, that's li- lame. I don't like that. I wanted to point out, Adam, you came, to <laughs> you came to my house this summer, and I had this old newspaper, like it is all of the articles that we wrote for this newspaper at Spokane Falls Community College called The Communicator. And we did a column where we reviewed movies. It's really like kind of what we're doing right now. And you always liked them more than I did. I always, I always did. But uh, that was back in 2003. That is 20 years ago, Adam. How wow. does that make you feel old? Or does that make you happy that our friendship has lasted this long? Like, I just can't believe I was doing reviews when I was like three years old. <laughs> yeah, me, me, me too. I can't believe I was doing a, a column as a 19-year-old with a three-year-old. Yeah, and my reviews were still better. They were. Well, you're you're a writer. I was like, I wasn't writing. I don't You were write. getting a credit. I was, I was getting a credit in a class, <laughs> yes. Um, and learning how to design. I like, it was a, you know, we had to design the newspaper too. And that's kind of where I got my, my knack for uh, graphic design. So... So if you guys have a knack for things, maybe it's just posting those awesome five-star reviews on Apple iTunes Music, Spotify, all that shit. We would love it if you did that. Um, It's what we strive for every day. It's why we put so much effort into this podcast for you guys, and you can pay us back by giving us those five-star reviews. You can email the show, Super90sBrothers, all spelled out, at gmail.com. 
at Super 90s Brothers on Twitter. Brennan is at Spocast Pods. If you want to get your podcast made and you're in the Eastern Washington area, you can check out my writing at adampitzler.com. We love you guys. Give us those five-star reviews and email the show if you've got an idea for a show we might do or should do, or if we fuck up and you want to like call us out on it, we would love that. Absolutely. Yeah, please give us some some ideas. I uh, we, we typically do them when we get them. So. Speaking of doing them when we get them, I want you all to travel back in time for a moment. Picture yourself. It's 1994. Kurt Cobain was recently found passed away at his home in Lake Washington. That was a big deal around where I lived. Mm. Tanya Harding had just pled guilty for her role in the attack on Nancy Kerrigan. And the radio starts playing. It's the tunes of the time. Oh, yeah. Tunes of the time. Yeah. That was the number five song in the U.S. at the time, The Sign by Ace of Bass. Ow! Brennan, you were a bass head. You've oh said this in prior podcasts. Yes. Tell us again, like, your, uh, when you first found them and when you first started getting into them. Well, this song was just, like, everywhere. Like, MTV, uh, radio. It was, and it, it's just, like, a, a, a brain warm like i don't know if that's a real term but like it just i like it it was just always want to listen to the song i always want to listen to the song and i i remember going to i've told this story before on this podcast but i went to target to buy the cd with my my parents and 1994 i'm 10 at the time and they didn't have the cd and i was i had just got a cd player for christmas i really wanted the CD of this. Like you didn't want the, the cassette tape, but all they had is cassette tapes. And I, you know, as a person who wants things, I just got the cassette because I was, you know, impatient and my parents wouldn't take me to another store to find it. So I had this and I... And you saw the sign. I saw the, the sign. The sign said cassette only. Yes. And I convinced myself that I was happier with the cassette because... It, it was a better way to listen to music. I probably as a, I don't know if that was actually something I thought, but like I, that was, that's my reasoning behind things. If something doesn't go the way it goes, it's because, you know, it's because it wasn't meant to be. How American of you. Um, North American, I should say. <laughs> uh, so this is, this was an art house video shot in a studio with the occasional green screen effect. It's intercut with shots of people making out a lot, mm -hmm. which when I was watching is a little off putting because I'm thinking, aren't all the people in this band siblings? And, and they're all like, I couldn't tell who was making out. The shots were quick enough. And like some weird, like Euro trip things were going through my mind. Jonas Burt. Do you know how to say their last name? No, I, I don't really know them as like, it's a, it's a, it's four people in a band. Correct. And it's yeah, and two, three of them are siblings and there's one other guy. Okay, and they're kind of, they're kind of like ABBA. Like they're like the nineties ABBA. Um, they're from Sweden. I think we mentioned that, but I, I don't know. I don't know their names. Yeah, I don't really. All know right, their names. Jonas Berggren. I think is what we're, that's what we're gonna call it. Sorry, okay. Jonas. We're messing it up. The bro he's the brother sibling who looks like the bully from Hocus Pocus. This guy is not a dancer. 
And they have him doing these weird, like, Pledge of Allegiance moves, like, in the video, and he's doing this really stiff bopping around. It reminded me of Chris Penn when he's learning how to dance in Footloose. Totally. He's, he's got, like, no rhythm, and Kevin Bacon's kind of, like, stringing him along. You remember that scene? Yes. Uh-huh. Then the lead singer, and you've said this in the past, the lead singer, Lynn Berggren, she's actually really beautiful. Like, I didn't, I didn't really ever know that until I got older. I was watching these videos. Anyway, I bet her sister, Ginny, who's kind of average looking, secretly hates that. Secretly hates that she's pretty? Secretly hates that her sister's prettier than her. I think they're both very pretty. I don't, I don't, yeah, I, yeah, but I mean, yeah, there's pretty, then there's beautiful. I mean, there's, you know? you're really like, it's like blonde versus brunette. Like, no, that's not, that's, that's not, not just it. I feel like I need to pull their photos up now. But you uh, go ahead. And, and yeah. I'm encouraging everyone who's driving on the free right now to do this same pull up pictures of lynn and Ginny bergren and compare them <laughs> uh and lynn also speaks six languages and she quietly walked away from fame to lead a normal life out of the public eyes that's hot like that's the one you want that's fair um yeah they're both very beautiful women and i don't even think there is much to say about that so all right um, super, at super nine super nines brothers at gmail.com we want to know who's prettier lynn or jenny bergren yeah. and he goes hey jenny bergren i want to know why um if you say lynn you don't need to explain yourself because that's the obvious answer <laughs> but uh, they were the first this was the first album ever burning to produce three number one hit singles the sign all that she wants and don't turn around can you believe that that was the first album to ever do that that's crazy considering like there was Madonna, Michael Jackson, like in the eighties and nineties. Like that is very, very, very um, strange. I didn't know that. That's that. That is interesting. That's a, that's a fact. I like that. I like yeah. that. I think this was their debut album in the U.S. Right. I mean, that's that's sort of like getting on the scene with power. Yeah, right? it really is. Because I, I when the sign came out, there was it was kind of like a everyone thought it was going to be a one hit wonder because like the '90s are like kind of just known for like one hit wonders and this everyone I think thought the sign was just going to be a one hit wonder. But then yeah, like we've done all that she wants on this and and maybe don't turn around. I'm not sure, but yeah, uh, we've done them all now. No, we've all we've done them all. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So um, I always thought the sign was a sign that you were in love. Like I saw the sign and now I know I'm in love with this person, but it's the opposite. It's the sign where you realize somebody isn't that great and you stop liking them. Mm -hmm. Brennan, have you ever seen a sign that made you turned off from your girlfriend or crush? Yes. The girls in high school that I like secretly liked, like there were girls that like... Name names. I, there was this one girl that I I really liked in when I was like uh, a junior, senior, and her name was Christy. And... I really, really liked her. I went to youth group with her, and then something happened between our junior and senior year in the summer where I was just like, yeah, I just didn't find her very attractive anymore. Wait, what's the sign? That's the sign. Tell us the sign. I, it's a little bit... The story's about the it's, sign it's you saw. personal, though. It was a little bit personal. She was... There was... There were, the sign was that I really pursued her and she just had no interest. So the sign was she didn't like you. <laughs> but there is other reasons why she didn't like me. It was more, it was a lot more complicated than that. Um, so, but uh, you're yeah. not giving us the, the dirt. Yeah, here. I don't want to give you the dirt because it is kind of weird. Not weird right, well, in like I, a bad way, but like weird in just like a, just a, yeah, a, a, a sad way, actually. So. Well, I have a sign story. Okay. There was this. Do you, so I've told this story to people before, but in like 2005, MySpace was like girls gone wild dating website. Like girls were emailing dudes 
asking to hang out constantly. It was like fish were jumping in the boat. I've never been ex- had experience like that in my whole life. Like fish were just jumping in the fucking boat. Mm. And there was this one girl. She was really pretty on MySpace and she had all these like quasi modeling photos, which, you know, by the way, let me take a quick shot at that shit. These weirdo dudes that live in their parents' basement that like agree to photograph all these young girls for free and they call it modeling. You know, the guys I'm talking about yes, and the girls I... that fall for that shit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it was a lot of that shit, but she looked good in one dimensional. And then I finally met her and she doesn't have good 3D proportions like her her face is like flat. And when you look at it from the side, she's not pretty. And it's like, how could you look so good in one dimension and so shitty in three dimensions? And I saw the sign. She wasn't that pretty. The sign The sign was that she fooled me in 1D, that Man. she's a fooler. You know what I mean? You know the the types on online dating profiles? I, no, I, I I never dated online, dude. I don't know. Yeah, but you've seen pictures of women online. You're right. And then you see them in real life, and you're like, okay, they know their good side. They know just the right angle to take shots of or whatever. Like, Mm. it's a little bit of a bait and switch it really is uh there yeah it's I, I used to have a word for it but i forget what the word is like there's this woman that looked pretty far away but then when you get close it's like i think billy crystal called it a picasso oh <laughs> that's funny uh or maybe it was a mona lisa mm, yeah a mona lisa mona lisa looks good from far away but bad at close gotcha that's just life now for people and Tinder and all these, like, I hear it all the time from my friends. Oh, yeah, that's as co- that's as common as brushing your teeth. But in, like, 2005, this was kind of a foreign concept. And he's like, what do you mean this, the girl isn't actually pretty? Look at these photos. She's pretty. And it's like, you look at her and you look at the photo and it's like, you're like, oh, shit, I've been duped. <laughs> I saw the sign. And speaking, the sign. But speaking of ignoring signs, be it one-dimensional tomfoolery or even stop signs, today we're talking about the movie Speed. Ow! Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. My body's Brennan, ready. How old were you when you first saw it? I saw this in the theater. Uh, I saw it with, I believe, my father and a friend in the summer of that of that year. And as a ten year old seeing this movie in the theater, I was fucking hooked. Like it was just, it's a, I mean, it is a, a an action movie to its finest. But there is this. There's not really any dead time in this movie, and I just I fell in love with it, and I loved it. I just loved. I mean, I I don't know if it was my first like introduction to Keanu Reeves, but like it definitely was like started my like man crush on him. Like easily one of my favorite actors of the '90s and to to, to today still. Yeah, I agree. Ten year olds probably love this movie. Yeah. Uh, um. My I saw it too when it was I we rented like I'm pretty sure we rented Ace Ventura and Speed like the same night and I saw those movies like the same night I, I can't really guarantee that but that's kind of how my memory was and I watched it with my stepsister and my good friend Mark Conley mm. we loved Ace Ventura we thought it was funny and then we watched Speed after and I was like it's I mean it's it's even at like 10 11 dude I thought this movie was just kind of cheesy like I it's just I, a little cheesy I really think it was one of those movies that is much better to see in the theater like it it because in the theater you just you don't have any distractions you're in you're in a theater like even when you're because when you're a kid like we've talked about this before like in the 90s the tv was so small like you're on like a if the biggest tv you probably had was like a 32 inch tv and that was and it didn't look great and it just wasn't you know, it's like it isn't the same experience. Like the sound quality wasn't great. What kind of TV did you have, Adam? I, I'm actually curious to know. Do you know? 
I don't remember, but we never had small TVs. We always had decent sized yeah. TVs. But I will say, like, movie was better experienced in theater. So, all right. Well, um, the budget was thirty-five million. The box office was three hundred and fifty million, tenfold, dude. Yeah. No, like shit. Yeah. Like I, I was amazed when I read that number. Like that. I think this is one of the big reasons that summer action movies came out year after year after year after year after this. Yeah, that's, um, that's very fair. But before I get into my many thoughts about this film, it's time for my personal favorite part of the show. Brennan's bad synopsis. Ow. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know how bad I'm going to butcher this, but I feel like I will. Movie starts out with um, Keanu, Keanu Reeves as... Keanu. That's a good way. That's a good start to butcher it. Keanu Reeves as uh, Jack Traven and... Keep going. Let me get this the, is it. No, let me get the, the freaking cast up you're not allowed to cheat during i'm not Bender. cheating i know the name i just like always call things i always called cheating. i was gonna call jeff Daniels bill pullman jeff uh, Daniels. jeff Daniels. uh <laughs> oh god <laughs> don't cut any of this uh so the movie <laughs> starts as bad of a synopsis as it gets keep yes. going so movie starts out with uh jack traven and jeff daniels harry and they are part of the LAPD bomb squad. They are going to a office building where... Am I wrong? You're shaking your head. No, I just I can't believe you've been using IMDb for your Brennan's bad synopsis. No wonder. I've been... I've been we, Brennan and I have been brainstorming ways to sabotage the segment because he's not fucking up enough. And now I know you're cheating. You're I'm looking cheating. at the back of your hand of on a course. history test. I mean, I'm on a computer. Like what, do you, like, what do you want me to do? I want you to it's, do it from a 90s Brennan perspective. It's 2023. Um, Turn that browser off and do it. No, you love I'm, this movie. You can do it. I just watched it. don't, I just watched the want. movie. So Jack and Harry are part... You stop looking at that. They're computer. going to this tower. Okay, I'm going to... Deuce, I'm gonna switch the tap. I'm there. No, no more. No, don't switch the tap. Turn it off. I'm not. I can't turn off the computer. I'm recording the podcast on Zoom. Well, all right, minimize it. Stare at your desktop. I minimize it. I'm, I'm staring at my desktop. Okay. I'm looking into nothingness. I'm taking a picture of this right now, so you know. I believe you. Just go. And they are going to an office building in downtown LA because there has been a bomb placed on an elevator. There is people trapped in this elevator so they you know they have to go and they they have this kind of rapport with each other where they're like the entire time that they are um hanging like going to this going to find the bomb where it's at they keep on kind of playing like quizzing each other or uh jeff daniel's character would like ask him like uh a question pop about quiz. like like pop quiz like like different scenarios and like he's like testing Keanu Reeves like it's like the he like Jeff Daniels is the old man and Keanu is the young man and you know he's teaching him and they uh they find the bomb it's on you know the 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 brakes and the the stuff that stops the elevator and if the elevator blows if the people get out of the elevator uh Dennis Hopper the the bad guy in this movie is going to blow up the elevator shaft or blow up the, the components and the elevator is going to fall to the ground. And so Jack and, uh, and Harry find a way to connect the, the elevator to a, um, there's like a crane outside. There's also construction going on and they connect like this hook to the elevator. So it doesn't fall when they try to take the people out and they do that. And all of a sudden, you know, the Dennis Hopper 
blows it up, but the, the elevator isn't going to fall, but it's slowly falling. The thing is breaking. The, the hook in the, the crane is going to fall down the shaft with it. And so they have to get these people off the shaft really quickly. But it starts out where like the people can get out really easily, but then like all of a sudden it like drops, keeps on dropping, keeps on dropping, and they have to pull them out. But the people are being kind of pussies about like jumping out. They're like, yeah, they are. They, you know, they're not, they're not doing it very, doing it quick enough. And like, get off my shaft, lady. <laughs> Um, they save all the people. Um, the thing falls down to the ground, but Dennis Hopper is getting away. And so Jack and Harry go and, and pursue him and they pursue him to the very bottom. Um, and cause he was in another elevator and that's how the, I don't know if that's how they figured it out, but, um, they get to the bottom and Dennis Hopper takes Harry as a hostage. And before that they were quizzing each other and Harry's like, okay, pop quiz. There's a hostage, like, and I don't really like. The, the, basically, the Keanu Reeves decides shoot the hostage. He shoots Jeff Daniels, and he shoots Jeff Daniels. <laughs> he shoots Harry in the leg, and Dennis Hopper runs away and then blows up, like the behind him because he has like a, ja- a jacket of explosives on, and so everyone thinks that he's dead. You know, fast forward. <laughs> Fast forward to, you know, some ceremony the next day day or whenever. I don't know the timeline in this. I'm guessing it's soon, but like they, they get their awards for, you know, saving the day and bravery. um, And then, then, you know, they go and party. And then that next morning, uh, Keanu Reeves is, you know, going about his day. He's going to go get coffee and and a muffin and a muffin and he's like you know he sees a bus driver that he knows that he sees at this coffee shop every morning and they're making like little small talk and then uh the the bus driver leaves and goes outside and all of a sudden this a humongous explosion happens and the bus driver's dead no one's on the bus except for the bus driver but a phone rings and it's dennis hopper telling uh jack that there's a bomb on bus uh, twenty five, twenty five. Uh, it's a good thing Keanu stopped at that coffee shop that morning, and so did the bus driver. Exactly. I mean, it, it, well, he knew that. You know, the you know Dennis Hopper. Yeah, Dennis Hopper knows all. He's omniscient. He, he know he knew that he was he was following him, and so he tells him that there's a bomb on this bus, and that if the bus goes above fifty miles per hour, it will blow up. If it goes down, back below fifty miles per hour. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, did not explain that correctly, obviously. Keep going. <laughs> this is great. So Dennis Hopper tells uh, Jack where the bus is. like, And so he tells him the bus, the bus number, number, I believe. Well, no, and I think I, yeah. I, whatever. I, and so he he goes and he finds the bus on the on the freeway and he's trying to get to the bus before it, you know, gets to the 50 mile, 50 miles per hour. Well, you know, he's he's bu- like he. He gets in his car. He's trying to get him to stop. He won't stop. They won't stop. He gets, he steals, not steals, but like takes another person's car. Um, Toon Man. Steals a black man's Jaguar. Toon Man, as it's on the license plate. Like the bus is in traffic and then, but it then gets out of traffic and then gets above 50 miles per hour. And so he has to like tell this bus now outside of the bus that you have to stay above 50 miles per hour. But like the bus drivers is obviously being chased by this cop but instead of slowing down below 50 he decides to try and hear him over the freeway oh what's he telling me even though he has no idea to i just don't understand why he doesn't stop like like sacrifice his car in front of his i know he's like oh there's a cop let me just keep going 55 and try and hear him over the freeway yeah. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, there's a bunch of other people on this bus. There's Sandra Bullock. There's Alan Ruck. There's um, there. I don't know if there's any major, majorly like very famous people, but there's other people. Um, there's a criminal on the bus who thinks that Jack is trying to get on the bus to arrest him because he has done something. Like I think he robbed a. I don't care about your crime. <laughs> and uh, it's cool now. Once Jack's good, Jack gets on the bus, he explains to the bus driver, you need to stay above 50 and everyone's okay. And like, and then everybody like Sandra Bullock's like, what the fuck is going on? You need to tell us. And he tells everyone. And, but in that moment, the, the criminal um, gets out his gun and it, like points it at Keanu Reeves. And that's when, you know, what Adam just said, that's what he says. And, this uh, kind of this big uh, like Hispanic dude kind of wrestles him, and then the guy accidentally shoots the bus driver and in the back, and he's now bleeding. And now they have to Sam. <laughs> now they now Sandra Bullock has to drive the bus. And this is going well. This is going very well. It's Nineteen minutes in, but it's going well. She is now driving the bus, and she is on the bus because she does not have her license because she got it. Taken away for speeding, of of course. <laughs> ba -dum, ba -ba -dum, ba -dum. Meanwhile, while this happened, uh, Jack is communicating with Harry about like you know they're trying to figure out what kind of bomb is on this bus. They're you know and they're trying to figure out who you know who is this guy? Who is Dennis Hopper? Then they one of the biggest revelations is that there's this gold watch on this bomb on this wad underneath the bus, and they're like, why would he put a a a cheesy gold watch on on this on this bus like what kind of thing is he trying to tell us and then they figure out like he is a cop he is a former uh like a, a bomb expert it's an old it's an old tradition to give somebody a gold watch when they retire it's it's not really common anymore but that's an old tradition a lot of things happen they they get the the guy who shot off the bus one of the women who tried to get off the bus during that moment like the Dennis Hopper agrees to let the the bus driver off the bus and but some this woman who's very you know anxious and scared she tries to jump off and then Dennis Hopper blows up a little portion of the bus and she falls off and I think she gets ran over by the bus it's really kind of a gruesome little scene uh yeah I think she I was I think she's the only hostage that dies isn't she in all the scenarios I think so yeah <laughs> they get on the freeway they're like they're being now directed by you know the LAPD and they put them on this freeway um, that's a new freeway, but it's not finished yet. The The freeway actually has a big gap and they have to jump this gap, which, you know, comes up. And meanwhile, Harry's now pursuing Dennis Hopper. They have found out where he is, like where his house is at. Um, sadly, Dennis Hopper's not there. He has, He's somewhere else and he blows up his own house and say bye-bye Harry, unfortunately. Jeff Daniels gets blown up. But uh, they get onto the, on, at, to the LAX airport and they start doing circles around the, you know, the the airports. Uh, what what what's it called? What's it, what are the air, runway, runway terminal? Yeah, Don't breathe hard at me. This is what you want. No, it's not at you. It's it's at the it's at the light. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, keep going. You're to the end. Yeah, and so they do that. Um, meanwhile, they. I, somehow the the gas tank gets punctured because Keanu Reeves is crawling underneath the thing and they're losing gas, whatever. Uh, they can't re keep on refueling it, so like they decide to do a thing where like they find out that the way Dennis Hopper is watching them is through the surveillance in the in the in the bus, and so they figure out a way to like loop it, and 
and they get everyone off the bus. But at that same time, Dennis Hopper kind of figures it out too. And he ends up blowing up the bus. But luckily, everyone is off the bus. Uh, they All the hostages, um, Sandra Bullock, blah, blah, blah. But well, it's not over yet. Um, I believe... Oh, good. Is it? Is it not over yet? No. Like, I don't really know. Like, the ending of this is like... You don't know the ending. I, well, I just watched this, and I don't know why I don't remember this. <laughs> That's all right. Um, That's why I like the bad synopsis. Britain forgets the ending. Dennis Hopper is down at is in the subway at, in L.A., and is he has a bomb on him now, and he takes... He takes Sandra Bullock hostage on on the subway and she has to hold this trigger to basically not blow herself up. And Jack's trying to save her. Dennis Hopper's also there. Dennis Hopper and Keanu Reeves get into an, a fight on top of the subway. And basically what ends up happening is they're wrestling on top of it. And there's like they go through like this tunnel, this low clearance tunnel, and Dennis Hopper loses his head. Um, and, and then Keanu goes, I'm taller than you. Um but really smooth. But the 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 subway that they're the subway train that they're on the this subway is also track is not finished. The runaway subway. <laughs> the runaway subway is not finished. And Bullock's chained to the fucking thing in the middle somehow. And I I believe they disarm the bomb. Correct? No, no. They like well they they get it off. They disarm the trigger. Mm, the but then they like set the. <laughs> <laughs> so Sandra Bullock's wearing this bomb suit yeah. and Keanu disarms the trigger so she can let go of the trigger mechanism. And then he grabs this bomb suit and sets it like two feet from her <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just leaves it there. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but they have to like basically stay in this train and they like, they goes off the rails. Yeah. Try and explain this part. Cause it doesn't make any fucking sense. Try and explain it. The train is going through and, it, and they can't stop it. The, also the mechanism to stop the train is broken by Dennis Hopper or by a uh, being shot at. And the train's going to go off the rails. If they keep going the way they're going. Keanu and Sandra basically tie each other together on some poles and survive the wreck. And it, the, the train goes through this like tunnel and all the way in, into like Keanu decides we can't just go off the rails. Let's speed up and jump off the rails and fly into the city. That's safer. I know it's so it doesn't make any sense. Oh, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. They get they they survive and they go through the this and uh, go through the the crash and everything. Brennan just gave this really inquisitive look like, wait a minute, that doesn't add up. Doesn't add up at all. Uh, they go through this crash and then at the end, like they're making out. And she goes, "It's we'll just have a relationship built on sex. And they make out like that's sort of the end. That's it. That's really it. That's speed, folks. That's speed. That's the, that's the abridged version of... $350 million action movie. That was hardly abridged, let me tell you. That was about as long as the Yeah, movie. that really is. That's like the Thank you, cliff notes. Britain's bad synopsis. Um, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my goodness. No, it's all right. That's what I want. Yes. I want you to really suffer during this segment. It's what our it's what our listeners want, great. believe me. The ones that reach out to me anyway. Yes. Is that true? Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. They all they all love Britain's bad synopsis, but they love it most when you're terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was really bad. And I, I'm not going to lie. I bought this movie on Apple um, the other day, and... I, it was on sale. I had to fucking buy this movie too. Why isn't it streaming? I don't know. I, I, it's made by, uh, it's produced by a you know big company. I don't know why it wouldn't why it wouldn't be on something. Well, here in January 2023, you could not find it on any streaming network. So I bought it on Amazon for like five bucks so I could watch it, and it was the worst five bucks I've ever spent. God. Well, maybe not the worst I've ever spent, but it was a bad five buck investment. It's a other than I get to talk shit about it for the next hour. It's a classic. 
Oh my god. All right. I'm gonna get into my version of, of the story and how I felt while I was watching it. And it might be a little different than Brennan. So we're gonna do the characters and let me break these guys down. Keanu Reeves as Jack Traven. We knew Keanu at this time from the movie Parenthood with Steve Martin. And he was like the teenage son of the girl of like Steve Martin's niece. Mm -hmm. And he was in Bill and Ted's, obviously. He had been in Point Break at this point in time, which was a, a pretty good action movie with Patrick Swayze. Yeah. And then later he'd gone to the Matrix and all that. Yeah. But at the 90s, you know, he was still kind of finding himself, I would say. Um, he's an LAPD bomb squad guy that pisses off Dennis Hopper by ruining the elevator bomb fiasco in the opening scene. He chews gum in the opening scene, establishing that he's anti-authority and arrogant. But he's not like that at all the rest of the film. So I, I didn't I didn't think that added up at all. He has Keanu had some really awful performances over the years that really sullied his reputation for a long time, especially his period pieces like Dangerous Liaisons, Bram Stoker's Dracula. He was in a Shakespeare movie called Much Ado About oh Nothing. Oh, my gosh. He was in Little Buddha and Johnny Mnemonic. These are all like fucking train wrecks. And the, I've referenced this show before in the past. The Critic uh, was one of my favorite TV shows in the early 90s. And they've, they did this scene with Keanu called Speed Reading that we want to play for you. Hello, and welcome to Coming Attractions. Tonight, we'll be reviewing Keanu Reeves in Speed Reading. All right, hotshot. You think you're so smart? Let's see you read this book. Bogus. If you read under 50 words a minute, this book explodes. Ready? Begin. One fish. Two. Oh, no. Two. Two. Oh, fish. Red. It's fish, you idiot. Fish. Dude, now I lost my place. That was not a clip. That was the entire movie. <laughs> um, oh, my God. That's funny. Keanu was a stooge in the early 90s. He really was. Is the best way you put like, it. And I don't... I mean, I think... That obviously, I think it's a Matrix that kind of re... Oh, yeah. ...invigorated his career, and then later John Wick... Uh, but he was terrible in those movies, like, and he's really bad in this movie. I mean, I'm not going to defend his no, performance. He's, he's just like his re his reactions to things are not correct. He's like laughing when he shouldn't be laughing. He's like, it's like it doesn't hit the the height of the heightened like ha what's going on is not he's not reacting to it appropriately at all. Um, but you know, maybe well, we got we got one of those reactions. Pop quiz. You have a hair trigger aimed at your head. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? I mean, and it's like that entire movie is is like that with his little one-liners and it's like somebody's making a joke. Yeah, and um, it really is. So that's Keanu. Uh, Dennis Hopper is Howard Payne. He was in Easy Rider. I think this movie's in like 1969. Mm -hmm. He was in the original True Grit, um, Apocalypse Now, Hoosiers. And around that time, he had been in True Romance, and the next year he would do Waterworld. He's this, like, thumbless, disgruntled ex-cop riding out his years in cop disability. He's mad that no one cares about it anymore. No one understands me. And so he stages these, like, epic bomb scenarios to try and get money by threatening the government or whoever is in charge by, like, holding these hostages for money. The elevator scenario bomb at the beginning, he says it took him two years to plan. 
the bus thing like happens two days later that took all of two days to plan so i guess he got really good at it doing the elevator bomb for two years um hopper hopper's a he's an interesting actor he did some stinkers in the 90s which kind of made people look at him sideways but but he's a more respected actor by like deep diving film lovers i think for his contribution to some really good smaller films that I want to plug real quick. There's this awesome 1986 movie with Keanu actually called River's mm, Edge. Yeah. And I got to warn you that Crispin Glover tries so hard to ruin that movie. <laughs> but if you can get over Crispin Glover, that movie is actually really good. It's really interesting. And he's in this awesome, like sort of like gritty Western action movie, I think with Nick Cage, I think called Red Rock West. I've seen it like once or twice. Mm. It's really good. And he was in Rumblefish, I want to say in like 1980 or something like that. That's a good indie or a smaller production, I should say. So like Hop, I, I kind of like Dennis Hopper. I know he did some shit when he was older, yeah. but overall, I think he's a pretty cool actor. Yeah, he's he was a real, really well-respected actor. But we can't forget like the classic movie he was in in the 90s, uh, Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I really want to forget it. Actually, I intentionally left it off because I don't want to talk about it because it's it's so cringy. We gotta we gotta but, we gotta plug our past episodes, Adam. Yeah, that's true. You can check out our Super Super Mario Brothers the film episode in our library, which I am not a fan of. You will hear. I mean, no one's a fan of it. I'm not. There's I'm, this is not groundbreaking news. Right. But like, I expect like you like if you guys like the episode where I just talk shit the whole time, go listen to Super Mario Brothers the film. Um. Anyway, and Hopper's shitty in this movie, too, and I, I'm going to blame the director later, but here's a clip of him trying to be... Will the mystery guest please sign in? Why are they messing with me? Do they think I'm doing this for fun? <laughs> yeah, why does he start laughing? Because <laughs> he's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. He's, like, mad a second ago. <laughs> it doesn't make it... Like, it, how the characters act in this film do not... It's just, like, I don't get the acting at all like no, there's a, some of the some of the best act like sandra bullock's a really good actress awful in this movie too oh well i don't i agree with the second part of that statement um, um sandra well. bullock you mentioned she plays annie we had just seen her in the 90s in love potion number nine which is kind of a fun little movie i i, I don't dislike that movie um and mm. she was in brennan's favorite snipes stallone joint demolition man Still haven't done that one yet. No, I really don't want to. Yeah, she, we got to do that one. That's I a, feel about that one the way I feel about this one, except it's even it's got even less hype. Um, yeah, we, Sandra Bullock did The Net, I think, the next year, and Miss Congeniality a few years later. Um, she's an L.A. commuter. She had her driver's license suspended, as Brennan said. And uh, I, I mean, I don't even know what else to say. She's really flat. She just drives the bus in this movie. Like, she's... What else does she do? I mean, she's the i mean i guess the pretty girl the, like, the 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 sex appeal in the movie yeah um i mean that's pretty that's they, a pretty flat character yeah i mean it was a i i feel like this might have been her breakout role though right like this oh yeah is where, I mean, with as much money as and eyeballs as people saw it was exa- but. yeah and but yeah she's she there's just some lines in the movie where she just says it is like it, she looks like she sounds like she's just reading off the script. Like it doesn't even seem like she's even trying hard. She and she keeps trying to be kind of funny at really mm-hmm. weird moments in this movie. And I had read that like they had rewritten all of these roles a few different times to accommodate different actors. And I think that what you see is just a jumbled version of a character. Like mm-hmm. they like they rewrote this this role for Ellen DeGeneres at one point for it to be more of a comedy. 
and they made Annie funny, but then that didn't work out and they ended up casting Sandra Bullock. And I guarantee you, they didn't pull all of those Ellen DeGeneres lines. And now they're asking Sandra Bullock to do it, who's like not funny. So mm-hmm. it just, I'm going to get to the director later. So I'll, I'll skip the rest. And the rest of the actors, <laughs> Jeff Daniels as Harry, mm-hmm. uh, we had seen him recently in Arachnophobia and Gettysburg. And that same year he did Dumb and Dumber, which, you know, was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, Vernon mentioned Alan Ruck from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So I always thought Alan Ruck was super annoying in Ferris Bueller. And I always thought he looked so old to be a high schooler. And so I finally looked up. He was 30 in Ferris Bueller's. It's so stupid. You can find a 24-year-old to do an 18-year-old? Jesus. What's funny about Alan Ruck is that he's 30 in Ferris Bueller's. He's like, you know, 40 in speed. And now he's in the show Succession. And he is playing like a 50 year old mm. which is like 30 years after he's like 80 this in the, like i don't know <laughs> like he's in his 60s obviously but like yeah he played he's he aged his he's aged very well there was a time where i thought um alan ruck and um paul rudd were brothers because <laughs> they kind of have that like um that never mind that the blue. last name they kind of have that look no well this is back in the 90s when i when you couldn't look it up on IMDb like you and you couldn't really oh. look up names like it was like Alan Ruck and Paul Rudd. I was like, is it Alan Alan Rudd? Anyways. And so I for a moment, I thought they were brothers because I thought they looked similar. We, um, I keep telling you to make a Brennan fact drop because that's one of them. That is one of them. Um, I mean, it's not a fact because it's not. No, real, and that's but... why it's a Brennan fact. because It's not really a fact. It's a Brennan. <laughs> it's a Brennan fact. Uh, so the smaller people in this movie are actors you've all seen before, but I'd be damned if you could name any of them at gunpoint, but their faces you've seen. I remember the, the, there's this woman, the woman who dies on the bus, who the footing mm-hmm. blows up and she gets run over. She was, she was like this bitchy teacher in child's play too. And she was like one of Malcolm's friends, moms in Malcolm in the middle. And she did a couple, you would know this lady or you would recognize her if you watch a lot of 90s shit. And, mm-hmm. and there was other roles like from people you've seen but i want to get into scenes because this movie's all about the cheesy action scenes don't you think absolutely yes it's it's all about it and it's i mean it's probably why i enjoy this movie the most because it's a lot of action but you know going back and watching it it's it's really bad action thank you i'm gonna get into some of that um so the opening elevator bomb sequence I, i where do i begin okay so so First of all, how did they even know there was a bomb attached to the elevator? If if the if the people inside the elevator didn't know, how did the bomb squad know? Why was the bomb squad there? It's not like a cop saw the bomb. The first people to see the bomb was Keanu. Say, so, oh, there's a bomb, and it's a weird. No, but, I mean, that's what Dennis Hopper wanted. He, I mean, he he wanted the money for one. He called in a bomb threat. Yeah, and so like, okay, all right, fair enough. He might have told him the bomb was on on the elevator. Okay. Um. So so there's this bomb on the elevator. And the elevator is going to drop to the bottom. So what does Keanu do? He scales this skyscraper building, gets on top of the roof and goes, look, a crane. Finds a big, giant construction crane that's luckily on top of this building, even though there's no construction going on. Grabs the the crane mechanism, which thankfully has like a thousand foot long extension cable that he jumps back into the top of the elevator shaft somehow. Because, you know, there's just an access to the end of the elevator door from the roof of every building. He jumps yep. into the elevator shaft, slides down with like this thousand foot long cable attached to this like big construction crane and hooks it on top of the elevator so that if it does blow, the crane will catch it. 
Okay, that's stupid thing number one. Later, he opens the security elevator door with a Leatherman tool that he, like, pulls out of his boot or something. He, like, sticks He's like, oh, Leatherman. Whoa. And he hooks it in the, like, little middle thing, and it just, it, like, opens sesames on him. In the, Hopper, at one point, they find Dennis Hopper. Hopper's in the, the, the service elevator, or excuse me, the freight elevator, and he can hear, like, people above him in the elevator. And he's, keep in mind, you're in this tiny little conclusion enclosed elevator space dennis hopper starts shooting a 12-gauge shotgun into the metal ceiling which is like 10 feet above him not even that's like it's like five four or five feet above him just blasting bbs into this into this metal ceiling above him and they're blowing out these like head-sized chunks of metal this fucking 12-gauge shotgun. like there's there first of all you'd go deaf second of all those bbs would be ricocheting into your eyes and face and everything it's, it's really it's it's really not... He needed a different kind of gun for them to do that kind of scene. Um, Hopper is this genius terrorist, by the way, who knows every move, but he doesn't know how many shells are in his shotgun because he runs out at one point. Mm. Keanu shoots Jeff Daniels, which he kind of said he was going to do earlier, but he shoots him like right near the femoral artery. Like, Yeah, he could have killed him. You could have totally killed Jeff Daniels right there. <laughs> and like, Why? Why did he shoot him? What did that accomplish exactly? The point of it was like you needed to make the the hostage immobile, and so like the so the the terrorist wouldn't take him with him because he can't walk now. But it, that still doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't make any sense. No, because because Dennis Hopper had the trigger mechanism to blow up the bomb, and he's wearing like a bomb vest. And so anyway, Hopper lets off the bomb in the next room and they declare him dead with absolutely no body or no evidence. Well, he must be dead. He evaporated the old disintegration death. Cool. Like, they, he, there's no body. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's dead. He blew into nothingness. No teeth or anything. <laughs> At the news conference the next day, Jeff Daniels is using his cane on the wrong side. Like, he's using it on his good leg side for some reason. I think, what the fuck is he doing? You don't use it on your good leg. You help it walk with your shitty leg. I would know. I broke my femur. <laughs> when Keanu gets... All right, so that seems stupid. Do you have any feedback from what I just said? No, it's just... It... I know what I think is stupid is just how like the people react to being in the in the elevator shaft and like they're so hesitant to get off the fucking elevator. Uh, yeah, it's just it is a silly scene, but it, you know it sets the the premise for the movie that that it's all going to be stupid. It's all it sets the premise that there's going to be you know more more bombs. You know. Uh, okay. Well, let's get to shit going on on the bus. So okay. First of all. It was the idiot director's idea to have a bus jump over a gap in the freeway. There's mm. that was not in the original script. And like like how uh, this gap in the freeway there's no there's no blockades. Like they just you can just drive right through this gap. Like they're expecting LA commuters to use the honor system. We don't need to block the gap. They won't do it right. It's just LA the best drivers in the world. I seriously doubt that any city bus ever could get to 50 miles an hour in the first place during LA commuter traffic. Did no one who worked on this movie ever drive through LA even once? Like, good luck ever getting to 50 on a fucking bus on the freeway during commuter hours. It's fucking ridiculous. This movie works just as fine in Kansas. I, it would it would at least make some sense there. Like, you'll never get to 50, ever. Bullock, at one point, she thinks she runs over a baby carriage, but good news, it was just some crazy homeless lady's aluminum cans. Thank goodness. It's just some homeless, deranged person. Forget about her. 
the cop at one point the cops direct the bus they go okay we've got a freeway to get onto but it's the bus that like it's they direct the bus onto a freeway that's about to end like they like they don't know that and the bus is like it says it's finished on the map god damn it it's like you don't know that, that yeah that doesn't make sense i guess like i will say like it's the 90s they don't have like google maps i don't know i i really don't know like i don't know why they don't know that but like okay all right fine could we talk about when the bus jumps the gap so this giant fucking slow ass city bus going up a ramp like not like a flat ramp going up a ramp so you're already on the incline has to jump over a 50 foot gap in the freeway and it's like a full-fledged jump like a like a like uh, evil Knievel jump in a fucking city bus and the director actually shot this but of course that would never work you could never actually do that so they built this fucking ramp for the bus to go over and they like they emptied the bus all out and so it was, the bus was as light as possible and they had this stunt driver drive over this ramp so that it could actually fly over the gap and land on the other side of the freeway but when you see the shot the bus inexplicably jumps at the beginning of like the bus like hops up like you hit the bumper button in Mario Kart. You're like, why did the bus just jump? Yeah. Yeah. It it does this like weird. And it also like kind of like as it's going off, like, yeah, does it kind of cocks up? Yeah, that's the bus going up the ramp, which is beneath the, yeah. the camera. So you can't see it. But it's like if you want me to believe that a bus can jump over ramp. I'm not also going to believe that the bus jump gets a head jumping start. Like, like I said, it's just like Mario Kart. You remember you'd like you'd have to jump over the fucking mole or whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, the ending sequence, the ending sting sequence that ends up on the subway. First of all, before we get there, in what planet can you drive directly onto an airport runway? They're like, it's okay. I, I we just got to get to the airport. There's plenty of free, and they just like drive from the highway onto the airport runway, like no big deal. Like you, what? Mm. Wh what? You think cars could just drive out onto a fucking runway? The bus eventually crashes into a plane when they finally get off. And I thought it would put him really funny if there was like 300 people that died on the plane so that they could save all 13 of the bus riders. But, <laughs> but, but don't worry, the plane was empty. Thank goodness. And I was going to bitch, we already brought it up, that really only one hostage dies in this whole fucking movie. One out of the dozens and dozens and dozens that Dennis Hopper threatened. And he's this genius or whatever. Well, he did kill a bunch of cops at his house. Yeah, but they so. weren't hostages. Yeah. But that is the other death scene is the cops that blow up at his house, including Jeff Daniels. Mm -hmm. So do you have any, do you take any issue, issue with anything I said? I've got more that I'm going to get to, but. You know, I didn't realize that they actually did the, the bus jump. Um, like they actually did it in real life, which makes me think. Makes me a little bit more happy that they it was like a practical stunt and not some... Yeah, if you can actually do the practical stunt, but they cheated to do it. Yeah, I mean, obviously... And like you can you, see it. Yeah. So maybe there's a jump off the edge of it. I don't know. I, you, I've played I've played Grand Theft Auto, and there's a lot of ramps. Yes, but there's no ramp on this gap in the freeway. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of uh, inexplicable uh, ramps in, in Grand Theft Auto. You're maybe right. It the, might maybe, work in Grand Theft Auto. Maybe Brandon, that's the world that they... Maybe that's the world they live in. Maybe speed takes place in the world of Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Real aside, when are they going to come out with fucking Grand Theft Auto 6? I swear Grand Theft Auto 5 came out like 10 years ago. They're making money still. I know, I don't get it. Um, so let's get into the production history. Mm. So it was directed by, and I don't know if I'm saying his last name right, but I think it's Jan Debon or Jan Debont. Yeah, I say Jan Debont, but yeah. He directed, after this, he directed, this was his inaugural director film. 
After this, he directed Twister, which is another shitty action movie that Brennan likes inexplicably. <laughs> he directed The Haunting, which is the winner of multiple Razzies, but I actually kind of have a soft spot for. He directed Speed 2, which is like who fucking saw Speed 2? And he directed one of the shitty Laura Croft sequel movies with Angelina Jolie. I'm just going to say, I got, and I, I hope that anyone that's listening to this can back me up on this because I know they will. I, and I know my friend Nathan, who listens to all the, all the episodes, will back me up. Speed and Twister are some of the best action 90 movies of all time. So I'm there's no argument. You've like, never they're even on, seen The Rock. You, you, I will watch The Rock eventually. I I don't like Nicolas Cage. I forget Nicolas Cage. This is, we're talking about Michael Bay versus Jan de Bon. A Dutchman. A Dutchman. These are movies are classic. And yeah, I, he's a Dutchman. Okay. All right, gold member. Don't play the laughing boy. There are only two things I can't stand in this world. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. What? All right, go. (laughs) Why did you play this? Because he's Dutch. Do you hate Dutch people? No, I just thought it'd be funny to play. (laughs) Although I did have an operations management teacher in my MBA who was Dutch, and he was that was like the toughest class I ever took. But then I took a different class from him and it wasn't tough. Like, so I, I don't know. I, I don't dislike the guy or anything. But. I don't really understand, um, like, the, the Dutch stereotypes. So I, you know. I... All I know is that they've got Amsterdam and they export flowers like it's nobody's business. So anyway, <laughs> this Dutchman was the, he had been the director of photography and done cinematography for Die Hard, which is how mm. he got this role as the Die Hard director referred him. He did that for The Hunt for Red October. Lethal Weapon 3, and Basic Instinct. So Basic Instinct. So he was the photographer with the famous Sharon Stone leg crossing scene, I think. Wow. Um, but yeah, this this movie has the hammy, heavy-handed director feel all the way to me. The, the over-emotional, we have to spoon-feed what's going on to our, to our viewers who aren't really paying attention. Like other countries, people aren't like so engrossed in movies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got to like mm-hmm. really... You got to really like show them this is happening right now because they're they're like in my experience they're just they don't they don't consume it as a way of life like all us fat Americans do. Um, you can a few shitty things about the director I want to point out in this movie. You can see the cameraman on a car window right before the first bus explodes. Mm. A, a a funny story about this this director: a lion literally bit his scalp off in the production of the movie Roar in 1981. It's the same movie where Melanie Griffith was really badly mauled and she had a major facial reconstruction surgery. It's this movie about like, I think it's like Christians being eaten by lions or something, but I've never seen it. But they used a bunch of live lions in the performance mm. and newsflash lions couldn't be tamed. And they bit this fucker's like scalp off. He's lucky he didn't die. He he was supposed to direct Minority Report later, but Spielberg fired him and did it himself, which is why that movie's good. What do you think about the director? He made two really successful 90s movies in Speed and Twister. And then I think he made Speed 2, which bombed, and then The Haunting, which also bombed. And I think they gave him one last chance with uh, Laura Croft and also bombed. So... Yeah, I mean, he definitely... And if Speed to, Speed the original came out in 20, 2005, it would have bombed. You think? Yes. This is okay. so cheesy, 90s, ham it up, eat it up, we're going to go see an action movie in the theater type deal. Yeah. That shit stopped flying in the 2000s. Yeah, it's very true. I, I But I, I don't really have like a bad taste in my mouth about the act director. He's just... I just know him from, you know, the two movies that I like 
that he directed. Well, as many of our listeners know that I, I'm like a wannabe screenwriter and I right. try really hard to do it. And the reason I have a bad taste in my mouth is because this movie was written by a really good writer that I like mm. a lot named Graham. I think it's Graham Yost, but it might be Yost. Sorry. Um, he, I really like him because he was sort of like the writer and producer for the show Justified, which I think mm. is a really good underrated FX show with um, Timothy Oliphant, who I really like. And he was an executive producer for the Americans, which I've never seen. It's about like American spot, Russian spies in America. Um, that was really popular, but I never watched it. He, he worked as a staff writer for the, the Nickelodeon show, Hey Dude, which Brynn and I used to watch with, uh, what's her name? Christina Ben Stiller's wife, Christine Taylor. He also wrote Broken Broken Arrow, which is a fun 90s action movie. And he wrote the movie Hard Rain, which I actually think is a really fun, cheesy action movie um, that knows what it is and doesn't try and be good like Speed mm -hmm. does. And I, to me, that's the difference. Graham Yost said that the script was inspired by the 1985 jo John Voight movie Runaway Train which my old roommate Luke and I watch fun little anecdote about runaway train. Danny Trejo was hired to train these guys how to box in the opening scene like this, there's prison boxing scene. And then one of the actors didn't show up or something went wrong. And Danny Trejo had to be in the scene as the other boxer. And hmm. that was like Danny Trejo's like film at real acting start was, was being the replacement boxer in runaway train. Wow. And I'm a big Danny Trejo fan. Cause I met him in LA once I bought, tacos at his trejo's tacos trucks and he just like <laughs> popped out from behind him and took a picture with me at a seahawk rams game it was really cool mm. um the original title for this movie was minimum speed <laughs> <laughs> what yeah <laughs> that doesn't make any sense minimum like, speed i mean I, I could understand if it was called like maximum speed that but there is no maximum speed there's a minimum right. speed there's of a minimum, yeah that's really boring i yeah, can they, see where they drop that minimum <laughs> he said that once he got some feedback he realized how easy it would be to rip on that title so he just yeah. changed it to speed which is a much better title yeah um so anyway i really like graham yost and i feel like this director completely butchered this movie and i've got a few more examples of that here in a moment uh, so this film actually got Academy Awards for best sound and best sound effects editing. What you're you're a sound editor now. What's the difference? Best sound effects editing is like like where you make the sounds of like because like none of these sounds are actually recorded like live. Like they go into like a a studio and they make all like yeah I get that. They make all so the sounds. What's best sound? Is that the natural yeah. capture? I think. I, I'm not sure, actually, to be honest with you. I, but I believe right. each of them are very... They're technical awards that deal with... One's the... Obviously, the editing of it, like, the the entire... Like, like I guess my movie. problem is, how could you win best sound and not win best sound effects editing if you have best sound? Like, if you have the best sound, you must have been the best sound effects editor because, like, I every movie has sound effects. I don't know. I don't really understand how people vote on those awards i don't ever listen to movies enough to like be like oh my god the sound in that movie was amazing i know um, when i hear that i'm always like huh you pay attention to that but like people say that to me all the time about stuff so i it was also nominated academy nomination for best film editing it didn't win we need we're gonna need a drop for this segment because it's now a thing yeah i like it role reversals mm. so yost originally wrote annie that's the sandra bullock character he wrote her as an african-american pair uh paramedic and mm -hmm. they offered the role to Halle Berry and she turned mm. it down and I mentioned that later versions of Annie were considered for Ellen DeGeneres and then eventually Meryl Streep, Kim Basinger and Anne Heche 
and none of that worked out and they ended on Bullock. But I want to get back to Halle Berry. It's like, I, I mentioned how flat the character was, but if she was, if it was an African-American paramedic who saves the bus driver and saves day, like that would have been a really great role for any African-American actress at the time. I'm, it's a little telling of the time that Halle Berry passed who was hot shit at the time and they couldn't mm. they didn't want to give it to any other African-American actress so instead they like changed the whole character around that is strange I, I this movie would be a lot better if it's Halle Berry um, yeah as a paramedic <laughs> and not just some bimbo yeah I it would be a lot better I reading I was like I gotta find out like why she turned this down and it was because um there was a lack of dialogue in the in the script that she read so mm. and that influenced her decision but yeah okay. different different a lot different movie well the, the other actresses i don't give a shit about like meryl streep wouldn't have done this role I, I honestly would love to see this movie with ellen degeneres in it um playing now it'd be goofy it would be goofy but it is be i mean it would be funny i don't know no halle um, berry's the one you missed out on like you didn't get her yeah. you should have cast some other african-american actress in my opinion Mm -hmm. um, and kept her a paramedic and expanded that role a little bit. It would have given her a lot more depth. That would have been very, you know, I mean, obviously Spike Lee had done uh, Jungle Fever already in the 90s, but that's like, a it's a black film, but like to do it in like a mainstream movie where a, a white man and a black woman get together, like that just wasn't happening in the, the 90s. So like, I, I, I'm actually disappointed they didn't do that. I know, it's um, really disappointing. And it's all about the choices of the director who I'm going to like, like I just, don't think is good at all. Like, yeah. I think he completely lucked into this summer action blockbuster. Like, that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. So Jack Trevin Cano's role was offered to Stephen Baldwin. He's not even mm. the good Baldwin. And he declined. And then considerations were given to Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, Wesley Snipes, and Woody Harrelson. So both, so white men can't jump cast. <laughs> Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise. And you all like whenever we do this, there's all there's always floating rumors of like Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks. And I don't know how real any of those conversations ever got. Yeah. I mean, I feel like every movie was uh, Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise were probably considered in the 90s. If you need somebody five foot two, go with Tom Cruise. <laughs> but we, you know, last episode we did Kingpin, Woody Harrelson. I this movie would actually be really good with Woody Harrelson in it. It, it would be almost better. Uh, I think Keanu was was a not a good actor at the time so any of those mm -hmm. guys i feel like probably would have been better the director said that he cast keanu reeves after watching point break he felt the actor was quote vulnerable on screen he's not threatening to men because he's not that bulky and he looks great to women i mean that's brennan, true brennan are you threatened by bulky actors no no I'm what not. is he talking about i like who doesn't love like Schwarzenegger and Stallone and Van Damme and all those guys? Like those were the eighties stars and, or, right. and even some early night. Those guys were all buff and had good bodies. There was a whole genre about all you need is a good body to be a movie star. Who, what men were threatened by those guys? Didn't we all just think they were cool or were we just kids? And thought I, they were we were cool? just kids. I, I mean, we were kids and we thought they were cool. I do think there's a bit of a decision here where like having a more, every man be in the role instead of like having it be like a true Hollywood star makes it the movie more approachable for like everyone like for the for like people going to the theater and and that's why I like Woody Harrelson Wesley Snipes doesn't make any sense he's too bulky to and I would be he's threatened. too bulky very I'd be I'd be very threatened I would I would um, have to watch and go cry in the bathroom <laughs>
Like, is that um, a thing? If are you guys threatened by bulky actors out there, email the show. Like, I've never, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of that. Maybe it's something that men don't admit. I think it's something that he uh, made up. Yeah, maybe. Also, like Arnold Schwarzenegger would have been hilarious in this role. Having pitched my screenplays to real Hollywood execs and producers and getting their feedback about what they feel about audience reactions is mm. often surprising to me. Like I often mm. think, oh, that's what you guys think audiences think. And I have to acknowledge that I'm not a very typical viewer. Mm. Um, and so I, I, when these things come up, I'm like, really? Did I just like miss the mark? Are people threatened by these dudes? But whatever. Um, Dumb shit. So here's a big criticism. And this is again on the director and the studio. The bus riders of the speed bus in this movie are literally all minorities except for the ones that have speaking roles. Mm. The only ones that speak are all white people. That's true. Uh, the police captain is black. That's true. And he's the one redeeming minority character, in my opinion. I mean, this is a typical trope in the 90s, though. Like, it's just like, it was all white people. And then, like, the minority, like, roles were, like, were always background actors. And, like, they didn't do much. Like, it is one of the, like, most disappointing parts of the 90s is, like, how zero diversity. Well, and, like, Keanu Reeves gets on the bus and, like, there's this Hispanic guy and he pulls a knife on him and wants to kill Keanu because obviously the Hispanic guy committed a crime. And then right as Keanu was, like, sort of, like, calming the Hispanic guy down, some other minority guy, like, tackles the the Hispanic guy with, with the knife for no reason, or, or with the gun, and the gun goes off and shoots the one, like, decent minority character, Sam, in the back. Like, the yeah. one, bl the black bus driver who you like gets shot in the back and has to get off the bus. Like, yeah. throw him off the bus. He's black and we don't need him in this movie, said the director. I would have liked to have uh, seen the movie with, the, you know, Sam is uh, the the bus driver of the entire movie. Like, they should not have get rid of him. Yeah, shoot Sandra Bullock. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, um, I mean, I've said, I just don't think Keanu Reeves was the right choice for this. He's just not bulky enough, Brennan. He's, okay. Oh, you got <laughs> The original script, the original script's character for Jack Trevin was what I read was a lot more like Bruce Willis and Die Hard, mm, like kind sense. of cocky and fun and like standoffish. And I feel like I would have liked that better. And I feel like that's how Keanu was playing it in that opening elevator bomb sequence. But he doesn't ever play like have that mannerism the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. But I would have enjoyed a little more personality and bravado. I thought yeah. Keanu was very flat, very toe the company line kind of cop which i just didn't think was very interesting any like dumb shit that we haven't already mentioned i feel like we've mentioned a lot of the stuff that we think is dumb shit like there i mean the whole movie is just could be this one dumb. big dumb shit like, yeah i know it's a dumb movie is my it's point a it's a really like i watching it the other night like i was just like god this is this dumb. doesn't make any sense like it's so dumb. You wouldn't make this movie today. I thought it was action-packed, and it's not. It's just, like, a lot of just, like, sitting on a bus and, like, them looking out the window. Like, I, it's, like, the production on this must have been pretty easy because it's just, like, all takes place in a couple of different sets. So there's that. And, dude, could you believe the Rotten Tomato score? Did you look it up? I didn't. I did not look it up, but I'm dude, seeing it in the notes. Dude, the Rotten Tomato score for speed is 94%. Dumb shit. I, I mean, can you believe that? 94% for speed? This movie sucks. I, I I can't, my head exploded when I read that. I was like, the audience score is like 79. I was like, dude, how does the audience like this less than critics? 
when this yeah, is that's... a spoon-fed action movie to, to like fat Americans eating popcorn. Like this movie fucking sucks. Back to the 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 case that like Rotten Tomato like Rotten Tomatoes only has like probably like thirty six reviewers from this like official reviewers. No, you look that up right from. now while we're. talking. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I'm. I am. It was more. I believe it was more than that. But this movie's. This movie's 116 minutes long for a cheesy action runaway bus movie. The opening 3D credits were literally three and a half minutes long. We spent three and a half minutes watching names of production assistants. Like, yeah, and it's it's all in the elevator shaft, and it was really, it is long and boring. It's so and... long. It's like, dude, if your movie's 94 minutes, you can have a three-minute opening credit sequence. Your movie's 116 minutes. Get that fucking credits down to 45 seconds and let's fucking go. Uh, I do like that credits don't really exist in movies anymore. It's one of the best parts of Hollywood. Yeah, the cold open. Yeah. Yeah. Now, but now they just make three-hour movies. So how many critics were? How many critics so, were on the speed? Seventy-two, which isn't, which is a very high number to have at ninety-four percent. That's like, like that's sixty-nine. Like, Ow, yeah, sixty-nine, dude. Another piano <laughs> drop. That's like sixty-nine uh, out of seventy-two, like that. It's just, I, I couldn't believe that. I was like. How does everybody think this movie's good? This movie is not good. It's just one of those cheesy summer action movies, which I'm okay with accepting that. But don't try and tell me this movie's good. Oh my gosh. Um, Gene Siskel gave this movie a four out of four. Like Gene Siskel does not give. And that's why he died. <laughs> Jesus. And, uh, and his quote, his pull quote from this is, just when you think speed is over, it takes you on a new high. <laughs> okay, the last dumb shit thing I want to say, the Sandra Bullock is this poor innocent victim on this runaway bo- bus the whole movie, and Keanu saves her at the end, and like the bus blows up, and all the hostages are saved, and they're all safe, and then Keanu goes with the LAPD to go apprehend Dennis Hopper like across town in a subway, and for some stupid reason, uh, Sandra Bullock is just like standing around on the street in that exact same area. How did she get there? Why is she there? Like, why did she? She didn't go to the hospital. She didn't want to go home. She wanted to go hang out with the LAPD for the sting in the second half of her day. She didn't have enough action in the day. Why is she there on the subway to be kidnapped at the end of the movie? I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't, no, no, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It, no, it doesn't. They, it was completely it, written in so you could have her as the final hostage. It doesn't make a lick of sense. Yeah. They, uh, and they didn't even try to write it in so it made any sense. She's just standing around in the street. Did they they didn't know that he was dead yet. So like everyone kind of needs to like this guy's planning his next attack. You gotta be you gotta be on guard, right? It doesn't make any sense. It's so stupid. It's, oh, I, I just I can't believe this movie's so popular. Back to the I, Rotten Tomato score. I had to find out what Roger Ebert said about this movie. He also gave it a four out of four. And he says, We've seen this before, but seldom so well. Or at such a high <laughs> pitch of energy. I wow, this they really like this movie. It's crazy. I don't get it. I, just, I don't fucking get it. Um, Siskel and Ebert gave that movie awesome reviews and if you want to give us awesome reviews you can at Apple iTunes Music or Spotify or any of that we're looking for those five star knockouts that we want please email the show super90sbrothers at gmail.com all spelled out Twitter at super90sbrothers at spocastpods with a K you can check out my shit adampitzler.com you have anything else to say Brennan? no but I uh, pop quiz if I was Taken hostage, what would you do? Would you pay would you pay my ransom? How much? Like it's like two thousand dollars. Yeah, 
I'd pay it unless I have the option to shoot you and do it for free. <laughs> so if I shoot you, I wouldn't I wouldn't aim near the femoral artery, I'll tell you that. Where would you aim? Well, like the lower leg, like the tibia fibula area, you know. I think the idea is you need to you have to make them immobile. Like if you shot my, shot me foot. in the arm, I guess don't shoot me in the foot. I gotta run. I, I can't well, mess I can't, up my street. You're not gonna be able to run if you get shot in any of the lower <laughs> body. <laughs> it's not gonna work. <laughs> shoot you in the butt, maybe. Um, the fleshy yeah. part of the thigh. So uh, for Vernon Pointer, I am Adam J. Pitzler. This has been another bus wreck of an episode. Super 90s bro style. Speed. And remember, if you ever need to take public transportation in L.A., beware of white lady bus drivers. Peace. Oh, we got all the balls in the world right here, man. I swear to the song that I'll never make.